welcome to the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. For those of you who don't know, GTFO means get the F out. In this podcast, we will be discussing how to get the F out. How to get the F out of a bad situation, predicament, or something you want to flat change. I'll be interviewing individuals who have had to GTFO. Expect to hear stories of those who experience situations of despair, pain, and fear. And the only way to escape it was to GTFO. Through this podcast, I want to give you, the listeners, the power and courage to make life changes should you need to GTFO. Most of us at some point in adulthood would like to meet the right person, settle down, and get married. And in our hearts, we know we only want to do it once. But almost half the time, it doesn't work out that way. In the United States in 2021, our divorce rate sits at 40 to 50%. It's pretty high, and I've been through it myself. The question is, when you get divorced, how do you find the faith to search for your next partner and take the big step of marriage again? How do you know if you're getting it right the next time? And what do you do to make sure that you do or come damn close? Well, my guest today has been married four times. This means she's had four GTFO moments. In her words today, you will hear her explain how she learned to understand her own value and worth through her marriages and how she ultimately found the right partner because of her journey. Suzette Patterson spent over 20 years in software sales and implementation before starting her Sandler business. She sold directly to physician practices and also built and managed teams for the largest GE healthcare value-added reseller in the country. Today, she blends her own experience with the internationally proven training and evaluation tools from Sandler Training to teach a unique brand of sales and leadership training as well as personal development. Suzette has been instrumental in helping successful companies develop management, sales, and prospecting strategies. When she isn't working with clients, she enjoys spending time with her friends and family, riding the motorcycle with her husband, and reading. Suzette resides in Frisco, Texas. Suzette, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Holly. Well, I'm excited because you and I just met a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like we're kindred spirits because whenever we talk, all we do really is laugh. Like, that's true. I know. I know. It's been a lot of fun. So I've been looking forward to this episode with you. Me too. Um, as I always do, before we get into our questions today, how do we know each other? How do we meet? Yeah. So we met at a networking group meeting uh, called the Dream Team. So it was my first time uh, to attend that meeting. And We just naturally connected at the end of the meeting uh, before we left. We really, really did. That was just so funny. That was funny. Um, For our listeners, uh, we belong to a networking group here called the Dream Team in Dallas, Texas, and it's an exclusive group of uh, female entrepreneurs, and we all support each other. So that was part of our connection, Suzette. We do the same things. Yep. We're We're both coaches in different ways, but we connected over... Um, our purpose, I believe. So, yes. Um, okay. I know your story and it's intriguing and I love it. Before we get into it, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, um, I grew, I've been in Frisco about 20 years, 20 plus, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but I grew up in a really small town outside of Lubbock, Texas called Ropesville, um, I graduated with 22 people. Um, my dad was a farmer. Uh, we raised show pigs. And when I tell people that now, no one ever believes me. They're like, what? 
I didn't know that. That was not part of the pre-interview. So I just learned something also. Show pigs. I love pigs. That's so nice. I know. Pigs are so smart. They're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so that's a little bit about me. Um, and I think we're going to talk today about kind of my personal journey. Um, so I don't know where, where you want to start with that, but, um, is that enough about my background? Or you no, that's perfect. Why don't, why don't you share with the listeners what you do for a living? Cause I think it's super. Yeah. So, um, I own a company called the star performance group here in Frisco, and we work with individuals and companies on really three things, um, behaviors, attitudes, and sales techniques. So many times when I tell people I'm a sales trainer, and I try not to describe myself that way because it tends to put me in a box, people automatically go to, she teaches sales techniques. Mm -hmm. And I do that, but that's only a part of what I do. So a lot of what we do in Sandler is about EQ. Um, It's about cleaning out the trash between your ears uh, and making sure that your attitude is right and that you're doing the right behaviors to get where you want to go. Well, I love that. And it's much needed, especially the EQ thing, especially. Girl, I could refer you to some of my former employers (laughs) that need that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. That's a whole other show right there. Yep. Um, all right. Well, we're on today to talk about your personal journey. I mean, and I appreciate you sharing it because um, I think it's it'll be important for other women and men to hear. Um, so let's let's talk about your personal journey through your marriages and your GTFO moments. So let's go back to your first one. Let's go back to Lubbock and your your first relationship there. Because tell yep. tell me the listeners about how you met your first husband and yeah, what happened. Um, so my first husband and I had a class together in college. Um, uh, we were not planning to get married or have a child, but sometimes life works out in a way that you are not expecting. Right. And so, um, we, we have a child together. Uh, I had my son before we got married actually. And I think probably a lot of women, can relate to the decision I made, um, to marry him ultimately. Um, of course I loved him and he was the father of my first child. So we had a pretty deep connection there. Um, and I, and I don't think anybody gets married with the intention of getting divorced. Right. I mean, that's just crazy. No, (laughs) nobody does that. No, um, no one that I've ever met. And I certainly didn't. So, Um, We got married and probably about six months into the marriage, I realized that I probably shouldn't have. Um, I think I was looking for the the happy ending in the white picket fence um, by marrying uh, my son's father. And that wasn't at all the case. I don't think either one of us were really ready for marriage, probably he was less ready than I was for sure. So, um, my, go ahead. Suzette, what were some of those red, red flags that you saw in the first six months? Yeah. Um, well, if you're able to share. Yeah, for sure. 
I think that just, I, I realized very early on, uh, some of the red flags were just his inability to be in a committed relationship. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think we, we both were trying to create that happy family and, um, we just weren't right for each other. I think we really, our connection point mostly was our son. And uh, that's just not enough to have a long-term, sustainable, loving, lasting relationship. Right. I so agree. I, I think agree. it was just obvious to me by him not, you know, being at home a whole lot and by not really just neither of us being connected. Right. And you can just feel that. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's important that you say that if you're not connected. Yeah. If you're not connected emotionally, where is it going to go? Right. Nowhere. No. Divorce. I know. I know. Yeah. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. I get it. Right. I totally get it. So how did that relationship transpire? And how did you know when you're like, I can't, this isn't for me anymore? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think I was, I was, you know, it's interesting. It's ironic almost that I got married for, in large part, my son and I got divorced in large part for my son. Okay. Because I did not want that to be the model of marriage for him. And, you know, it, it's, I think it's, I think sometimes the stigma that comes along with divorce is that, oh, well, and I'm not saying it's easy for the kids um, because I have two children who've both experienced divorce and we're going to talk about that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I also think it's equally as destructive if you stay in a marriage that's not healthy where two people aren't connected and, um, and your kids don't see the love. I think that's almost worse. I agree. Than getting out. Right. You're, Cause you're modeling certain behaviors. Yeah. And you teach them and they copy. Yep. And they see and they normalize things yes. that might not really be healthy. Yep. How long were you guys married, Suzette? We were only married a year and a half. Okay. So, um, and he was happy to in the marriage, which was fine. You know, um, honestly, I just think it was kind of a lack of caring kind of either way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and which is difficult as a mom, you know, because that, that was hurtful, even though I wanted out of the marriage, it still hurts to get divorced. I don't care how many times you do it. I know. Um, it's never easy. No, because you're dismantling. You're taking right. things apart that you had put yep. together at some point. Right. So what? how did you, at what point did you know it was time to leave? Or what was your moment? I know it, you knew it was coming for a while, but was there yeah. a moment for you? I think um, I had uh, come home from a, a networking event. I worked at a television station and. Uh, Lubbock and I'd come home from a networking event and, you know, it's almost as if it would have been okay if I had never come home. Oh, you know, it was like, um, just this, this lack of care. And I think in that moment I was like, wow, I could be like anywhere I could be 
<laughs> I, I think if I hadn't come home at all, like that would have been fine too. And that's just a terrible feeling. It is a terrible feeling because you yeah. feel like you're ignored. Like it right. doesn't matter if you're there or not. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that was the moment for me. Okay. No, that's good. Cause you don't, you're not fulfilled and you're like, this person doesn't even acknowledge me or validate me. So. Right. Yeah, it's not a two-way street. unhappy feeling. It is. It is yeah. an unhappy feeling. It does a number on your confidence too, I think. Right. Oh yeah. Big number. Big number. I know. <laughs> um, so apparently, clearly you guys parted ways. Yeah. Um, after that chapter of your life closed, what came next for you? Well, so what's interesting about that, so I told you I was working at the TV station um, and I had a coworker who, so I was the community relations director and he was a photographer at the station. And um, so here I am now a single mom with a young child mm-hmm. and uh, Cameron was almost three at the time. And I met who I thought was, a, he was a nice guy he was also going through a divorce, um, so we had that in common. And I think, honestly, Holly, I so that was my, he became my second husband mm-hmm. in a very short time period. So um, I think looking back, if I were to give anybody advice about that, I mean, obviously, rebounding from one relationship to another is never good. And, uh, but I think I had a lot of insecurities. I think the first relationship had done a number on me and now I'm kind of seeing myself as a single mom and, and almost like a person, I think we talked about it before with some baggage, which now at 53 years old, I think, well, what was I thinking? Yeah. But that's where I was in my life. I thought, you know, I'm almost like damaged goods and like, who's going to want to marry me? I have a young child. I mean, you know, that's a lot to take on for anybody. Right. And so I think I, I didn't expect that many people would even want to date me, much less marry me. Um, And I didn't have a real high, you know, value on myself or view of myself, I guess. And so um, this person came into my life and it was pretty easy and very fast um, he seemed, you know, good and, <laughs> um, checked kind of the boxes of like, he can accept the fact that I have a child, which again is crazy when I think about it now, but it wasn't crazy to me at that time. So we only dated for six months. Uh, he was offered a job in, um, in Austin and he wanted me to go with him. Okay. And I said, I will not go with you if we're not married because, you know, I'm a good Christian girl from West Texas. So yeah, definitely. We don't live, we don't live together, right? That's, right. that, that doesn't happen. That, that's a don't thing. Do that. Don't do that. I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I grew up in the Bible Belt. So a lot of those messages were very strong for me. And I don't know that that's wrong to this day, but yeah. So I said, look, I'm not going to go and just live with you. I have a child. I mean, you know, that wouldn't be um, very looked upon very well by my family or even by myself. So he said, great, let's get married. And you said, okay. I said, okay. Yeah. Okay. But part of me also understands that because you had a little one and 
if you're going to be move, if you're going to be moving that child with you, I want more of a commitment too. So I understand that part. Absolutely. I get it. Now, what was it? I, I know that you said you were going through your divorces at the same time. What other characteristics that did you see in him that you thought were a good match for you? Well, um, he, he was very, uh, driven, very good at his job, which I've, I've always kind of looked for that, um, in a man. And I think that's because I grew up with a dad who was a very hard worker, um, who was a good provider. I mean, my mother worked too. She didn't work till I was about 12, but then she went on to have a very successful career. But in terms of the modeling we talked about, hard workers like were ranked very high in my book, right? So Mm -hmm. work ethic, ambition, drive. And he had Mm -hmm. all of that. He was very good at what he did. Um, He came from a good family, uh, you know, grew up in the area just like I did. And, uh, you know, had some of the similar growing up experiences in terms of, you know, church and his mother and his grandmother were big churchgoers. And so I think he checked a lot of boxes. He was very uh, nice to me and my son. Um, But, you know, we only dated for six months. So another little piece of advice, if anybody (laughs) wants one right here, is give it some time. Yeah. Uh, no matter where you are in your life and who you're dating, because there's just absolutely no reason to rush it. And and that's what we did. So. So that's interesting. That was kind of your red flag. Yeah. It, that it was a short. Uh, I didn't know him. Courtship. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know him. How can you know somebody in six months? You can't. I, no. I mean, it's hard to know somebody in three years, five years, yeah. six years. You're always changing. But I, I remember... Um, one of my friends had a rule. She's like, you have to see them at Christmas with their family. You have to see them in the springtime. You have to see them in summer in a bathing suit. You have to see it all before the whole year before you dive in. I think that's great advice. And you know, it's funny, you might've heard this before. Like we all, when we're dating, we bring our ambassador, right? We bring the best parts of ourselves when we're first dating someone. Mm -hmm. The, The real raw even sometimes ugly stuff doesn't happen until much later in a relationship. And it could be years. Yeah, it could be years. It certainly doesn't happen in six months. No, because you're right. Suzette, you're on your best behavior. You yeah. are, you are on, you're amazing, man. You're agreeable. You're yeah. not, you're not, you don't have a filthy house. You know, you're, right. you're on. Right. So, and yeah. yeah. And to your point, Holly, you know, he did keep a very neat house. And I also <laughs> love that. <laughs> I was like, What? A man living by himself who is clean. This is awesome. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but you know those things will be important to your partner. So you put on your best face. Or like you said, you're your best ambassador. Ambassador. Yeah. 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 So you were married to him for how long, Suzette? I was married. So we moved to Austin. I was married yeah. to him for five years. Um, yeah. I had a beautiful daughter with him. Um, you know, and I, as we talk through all my life experience, you know, and, and my relationships, I mean, I've learned something from every one of them. And had I not been with all of those people, I would not be who I am today. So I am grateful for 
every single one of those relationships and who I became as a result um, of them. Right. It's your personal evolution. Yeah. It's your personal evolution. Yeah. Um, with, with your second husband, with him, you were together five years. How did you know it was time to go? You know, um, he, uh, we, <laughs> I knew pretty early on in that one too. Um, it was not a healthy relationship. Uh, it was a, a very, it was a, just a giant emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of respect for, uh, my children, I, I, you know, and we've talked about it. I won't go into gory details, but, um, gosh, it was probably two weeks after we got to Austin and something, you know, it was a big, bad fight. And I remember thinking, oh my God, yeah, what, what have I done? Yeah. But it wasn't always like that. Right. So yeah, I knew early on. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a pattern. And that's yep. what you had said for your first husband too. And yep. when I was married, I saw things before we got married. Right. And I actually tried to call my wedding off and I got yep. talked back into it. And now that's out there on my podcast, but, uh, you, I ignored them. Yeah. I mean, I just went, Nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it work. Yep. yep. So it's, there's a parallel there when I hear you say, you know, that you saw it early on too. You know, yeah. And I love, and thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's hard to be vulnerable. Um, and to kind of like open up the kimono and like, yeah, <laughs> all your stuff, you know, there it, there it is y'all. There it is. There it is. Like me or not, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, before I walked down the aisle in my first wedding, uh, 150 people, big church wedding. And my mother said, you know, my car's right out back. If you want to change your mind. <laughs> oh my gosh. You were going to be the runaway bride. And I said, mom, what are you talking about? Um, she's probably going to kill me for saying this, but maybe, maybe I won't tell her about the podcast. Who knows? <laughs> but that did really happen. And I said, I love him. This is going to be amazing. So I was offended that she even suggested that, but I think she did that out of love because she saw things that I didn't see. She saw things in my second time around that I didn't want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do, we just kind of push forward and we say, we can make this work. Yeah. 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 Cause that's what we're supposed to do. Even yep. though it doesn't feel right, we're supposed to do this. Yep. So um, now leaving that marriage, how did that affect you? I understand how it affected you on the first round. You're like, I'm a single mom. I've got a little kid. You know, how does yep. that change your, how does that change your immediate future? How did you feel about leaving this marriage? Oh, it was, it was so much worse because. Oh. Frankly, now I have two beautiful children. Yeah. One from each, which is complicated at best. Um, and I really did want it to work with him. Like I really loved him. Oh. And it just wasn't a healthy relationship. So um that was particularly hard because a lot of things were going on in my head. Number one, now I'm going to be divorced twice. Mm-hmm. And I've got two children from two different marriages. Now I'm still thinking I got baggage plus some, right? 
And who's going to want to take this on? (laughs) And who am I going to bring into my life that I would trust with my children? That's really difficult for single moms. Right. Um, So I was devastated. And frankly, I stayed for much longer than I should have because there were good times and then there were really not good times. And I didn't want to be divorced twice. And I didn't want my daughter and my son (laughs) to have to deal with all the stuff that I knew. Well, I didn't know. You never know. No. But I knew it was probably going to be complicated and really difficult. And um, actually, my son was very upset about it, even though he remembers some of the really highs and lows of that marriage because he was older. Mm-hmm. He cried when I told him that we were going to get a divorce. Because to your point earlier, you're upsetting everything. He loved his school and his friends. And I didn't stay in Austin. I decided to move to Frisco. And it, it was an incredibly emotional um, experience Yeah, for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. And for them. Yeah. Yeah, but again, you knew that you had to do it. You had to find the courage to do it. Yep. And what's really interesting is the talk track in your head. You know, you're thinking like, okay, now I'm divorced twice. Now I've got two children. I got to think about how I'm going to date. I got to think about what's going to be important for them. So it changes your perspective. Yep. So... Well, I'm glad you moved to the area because now you're only 20 minutes from me. But so what happens? You come to to the Dallas Frisco area. What happens next? Yeah. So interesting. I called my brother because he and his wife at the time were building a house in in Frisco. And I'm not even sure. Let's see. So that's over 20 years ago. So maybe I used Safari to look up Frisco, Texas. Oh, how funny. I'm not sure. Back when they just had a two-lane road going through Frisco. Yes. Preston Road. Oh, horrible. Um, Yeah. And it was the fastest growing city. And I think we're still, what, in the top five? I I have to check my facts to be sure. But I think we're still up there in terms of growth. But at the time, yes, we were growing. But it was still kind of felt like Lubbock, but with all the perks of Dallas. Yeah. Uh, We had Nordstrom. Yes. That's like Nordstrom exactly. right off the bat in Frisco. Exactly. <laughs> they knew what uh, we didn't, you know what? When I moved here, they hadn't even broken ground on the mall. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Yeah. So I really moved here because um, I wanted to create some distance between he and I. Um, I don't know if that was the best decision for my daughter. Probably not. Uh, but I knew the schools were good here. My brother was here with his wife and they had one child at the time. So I knew I was going to have some type of support and I needed that so much then. Cause I had over five years. I mean, in Austin, I had some friends, but I had no family there and family's just huge for me. And I only have one sibling and, and, uh, and he was here. So he's, I didn't want to go back to Lubbock. So I made the decision to come here and, um, yeah. So I, we actually stayed with my brother for a couple of weeks until we could find a place to live. And, uh, I moved here with no job, mm-hmm. um, which was scary, but I found one pretty quickly. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I came. That's why I came to Frisco really was my brother. And thank God my brother is still here. We just had lunch yesterday. He's awesome. 
Um, and I, I don't regret that because the cousins got to grow up together, which was great. And that was really my biggest reason for coming here. Right. Well, you had, you had a support system and you could come yep. over here. You could come here and start over. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. You are lucky that you had that. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So let's go to number three. Yeah. Husband number three. Okay. Yes. Well, at this point, what were you thinking now when you're moving into meeting husband number three? What were some of your priorities or what were some of the things that you knew you wanted about your next relationship? Yeah. So when I first moved here, I mean, it took me six months to finalize the divorce and there was a lot of stuff that happened in that six months. Um, my ex ended up uh, moving here and trying to reconcile, um, which I, I considered. And then I said, no, that's no, we're no, we don't need to be together. We're not doing it. And so I've had to like almost do it all over again in that six month period. So after all that and the divorce was finalized, I really wasn't even thinking about dating. Yeah. Um, I was, I was the single mom with two kids. Um, they were three and eight at the time. And I worked full time and they were in school and daycare and, uh, I didn't, it didn't leave a lot of time for dating. So I, I did that for seven years. Now I certainly dated and I'll get to your question. I promise. No, you're fine. I dated over those seven years, um, a lot of different people. Um, some I dated just because they were nice and fun and they were not husband material. Um, and I, I, I think I did a pretty good job of protecting my kids. Cause it's also hard when you're a single mom to, you know, not, um, I think we have to protect our children and, and they, they should not be meeting every single person that we date. Because, Agreed. I agree. You know, dating takes a while. Like we said earlier, it takes a while to get to know somebody. So why would you, you know, run your kids through that, through all those people? So, um, you know, what I wanted as I got more ready to be in a relationship in between coaching cheer and soccer and band and all the things, um, I started to think about the first two and kind of what went, what was it about those two that I didn't like after we were married, mm-hmm. you know, that I didn't give myself enough time to figure out through the dating process. And I think, um, I really wanted someone who would be kind to my children. Of course. Um, I wanted, I still wanted someone who was high in ambition and drive. I definitely wanted someone who lined up with my my Christian beliefs, um, who would, would be not just willing, but like excited about going to church. (laughs) Right. I didn't have that in the first two marriages and I didn't really make it like a non-negotiable either, which I don't know that you can really do that. Um, you can't really force somebody to go to church. I mean, you can, and I did kind of force my third one that didn't work either. But I was wanting someone that lined up with my beliefs, um, but I didn't really hold true to that because I didn't get that in the third one. And that was a problem for us. Um, I understand that because if you can't share that with somebody, 
I mean, regardless of your belief system, if you can't share that. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And they yeah. don't believe in it or ascribe to it. It can be tough. It can be a wedge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're not equally yoked. Yep. It's, it, it, I've seen people make it work, but to your point, I think it just makes it, it adds another level of complexity, right? And marriage is already hard enough mm-hmm. um, without adding more stuff. <laughs> Right. Exactly. At least have some, have some of the core things in line. I can speak, I can speak to that because of experience. Yep. So, um, so this, the husband that you met here in Dallas, how was he different? How was, what was it about him that attracted you? I know you said it was his drive. Um, I know he was very athletic. Yeah. Uh, He was very disciplined. Okay. Um, he also, you know, was interesting about him. So he's a, a restaurant manager here in Dallas and he knew a lot about wine. Okay. So I grew up in Lubbock in a household where we didn't have alcohol. <laughs> I really didn't. Boo. Drink, right. <laughs> Boo. I can't even imagine that now, but you know, it wasn't all bad. Right. Um, my parents weren't drinkers and, uh, uh, and I really didn't drink in, until I got into college. I mean, a little bit my senior year in high school, not much. So I was pretty sheltered um, in my in my knowledge of things in the world. And uh, even though I'd been through two marriages, two divorces, I had two children, I was still pretty pretty sheltered, I think. And he was like this Dallas guy that was nice, yes, athletic, um, smart. He was so different from the first two, and. Because he was a restaurant manager and the bar manager, he exposed me to like this whole new world of like food and wine and like kind of the finer things in life, you know? And I was so attracted to that. I thought that was so cool. Um, Actually, we went to uh, St. Helena, the Napa area for our honeymoon. And because he's a restaurant manager, we got all the private tours and uh, we stayed in a house in a vineyard. I mean- It was just cool. <laughs> it's beautiful up there. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So I think that was, I think he was different. I know he was different on all those fronts. And, um, and he was like my steady guy. Like he was the, there was no like emotional ups and downs. There wasn't a lot of drama. He didn't really go out too much, you know, and he was an avid cyclist. So, you know, he rode his bike a lot, which also was problematic for us because he was a restaurant manager, didn't leave a lot of time for us, you know, me and my kids. Um, so, but yeah, in the dating, we dated off and on for four years. Now with that one, I gave it some time and we talked about earlier red flags and the GTFO moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I called it off like three times. I said, we're not, we weren't even talking about marriage. We weren't even engaged. I said, we just broke up three times. Um, and, and the reasons were he wasn't, he wasn't lined up with me mm-hmm. on belief system. Mm-hmm. And really I, I, I knew we were not going to be his number one priority because he had never been married before. He loved cycling. He had such a passion for it and he worked every weekend. So I knew what the flags were. Mm-hmm. Did and, you think you could live with them at the time? You're like, I can, I can navigate around this or it'll be okay. Well, 
I broke up with him three times. So no, I, I was <sighs> like, no, this is never going to work. No, this is never going to work. But then he just kind of kept coming back and he was nice and I enjoyed him. And, and we did, you know, fun things together. Not a lot of fun things together, but there was something, he was eight years older than me. There was something, he was really good with money. That was the other thing. Mm-hmm. He was awesome with money. It's not like he even had a ton of money, but the way he managed his money, like he had no debt. Um, he was so utterly responsible and he was super sweet to my kids. Like there was never going to be any risk of him, you know, hurting them uh, in any way. And so I think for all those reasons, I said, yeah, I probably said, yeah, we can work through the church thing and we'll make time for each other. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard, but we can do it. Right. You want to yeah. believe you can do it. Yeah. 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 So what happened? So, what happened? Yeah, we 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 got married and um, he moved into my house. I owned a home at the time. Um, and he just rented out his his townhome in Dallas. And, uh, you know, he moved in. And uh, I'll tell you, a, a GTFO moment for me. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is my third marriage. He moved into my house and put all of his food on the top shelf of the pantry, separate from ours. Because he did not want the kids eating his power bars or whatever was on. They the are top not going to eat those power bars, right? <laughs> they want, they want Cheerios and Lucky Charms. They don't want your power bars. They don't want your dumb Cliff bars. Uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. God. So I thought in that moment I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Third time around. I mean, obviously I wouldn't have divorced him for the food on the shelf. That would right. be silly. But it was a moment where I was like, oh boy. Oh boy. It was symbolic of separate lives. It was. 1000%. Yeah. And that's the way it was. And, and so to be honest with you, we were, so we sold my house. He kept his town home. I think it was a backup plan, mm-hmm. which was smart in hindsight on his part. Um, I wanted a bigger house. I wanted my kids to have a bigger house than a little bit newer neighborhood. And he really didn't want that. But so I went house shopping by myself again, separation. Mm-hmm. Lots of things symbolic of separation in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So I basically picked a house and we bought it together and he never wanted the house. Um, and we were pretty miserable. Um, we weren't spending a lot of time together and I was feeling completely emotionally disconnected from him. And, uh, you know, similar to my, my first marriage and, um, not even two years in, we called it quits. You know, I, every argument we got into was ended in me saying I wanted a divorce, which wasn't fair to him. And so he finally said, you know, you've said it so many times, you must want that to happen. And I said, you're probably right. So we didn't hire attorneys. We came up with our own divorce agreement, which was fine. He moved out of the house. Um, the first thing he, I think I told you, uh, we talked before, the first thing he ta- took was his um, bicycles. So, yes, they were a number one in terms of priority in his life. Uh, I'm talking left clothes and shoes for weeks, but got the bikes and all the bike clothes and all the bike shoes. He was married to 
the bicycle. It's a bike. Yeah. And I told him that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, less than two years later, I'm divorced again. Um, but, but I said to all of my friends, I would rather be happily single than miserably married. Right. Right. And I'm hearing everybody was different. Everybody was different. Everybody was different. You were young the first time. Yeah. He, he was indifferent. Yeah. You know, I understand the second time, you know, and having a child with your second husband, different circumstances. And then you get to the third guy and he's more about himself than his family. So, I mean, in retrospect, none of those things were healthy for Suzette. They were not healthy for you. So I just had to acknowledge that because in the process of doing your GTFO moments, you were taking care of yourself at the same time. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, now we get to the good part of the story because, because you, um, were able to meet your current husband. And I love hearing about him because you have a completely different perspective. And last week, I think you told me that you didn't think you could ever live without him. And no, that is an amazing feeling because he's your person. You got to your person. Yep. How did you guys meet? How did you and your, your current We husband? met on match.com. Uh-huh. Um, and we lived about five minutes apart here in Frisco. Uh, and, you know, it, it, our kids went to some of the same schools. So you were, you were already close without really knowing it. We were. And uh-huh. we had never crossed paths, which is so crazy to me. So we met on Match, and he was about done with Match because he had met a bunch of people that just weren't his person. And I'd kind of been through that myself. Um, I'd been on Match before. But I never gave up, right? Like, he was almost to the point of, like, this is never going to work. I didn't give up on finding my person. I never said, I'll never be married again. Um, I got rid of the head trash that said, I'm, there must be something wrong with me. I'm not worthy. I, I'm, I can't be married. I can't be in a successful marriage. All the things I was telling myself, I had to work really hard on that. And Mm -hmm. I think I was still working on that when I met my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we met a match. We literally from the first time I met him in person and Nobody really believes me when I say this, but it's true. I was like, he's the one. I just, he's the one. There was something so different about him in terms of his, A, he's really smart. B, he's funny. C, and probably it should be A, he's not afraid to be exactly who he is. Mm -hmm. Right? So I didn't tell you this in the pre-interview, but my husband likes to wear these big beaded necklaces. Especially when we ride our motorcycle. Oh, yeah? Yep. And he makes these necklaces himself. Okay. Okay. So uh, the first time I saw him wear one, I was like, wow, how cool that he can wear that. Because people look at that necklace and they're like, what in the world is he wearing? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) And he loves to talk and he wears pork pie hats, which... We don't have enough time to go through that today, but they're really cool, small brimmed hats. He's got like probably 15 or 20 different styles. So he just knows exactly who he is. And 
that came through two failed marriages on his side too. So I think we were just getting ready for each other. Right. So when I met him, I was like, he's different in like all the ways that I want. Um, he was successful, but you know, it was never about money for me. He's the father of four children. So you want to talk about like, he tried to talk me out of dating him, which made me want to date him more. He's like, why in the world would you do this? Like, your son's in college and your daughter's, you know, in high school, like you're almost over the finish line with your kids. Why would you come back? Because his youngest was seven at the time. Uh huh. And I said, because you're my person. Like, right. I, why would I walk away? Right. Um, and I think I told you before, I, I couldn't imagine, I can't imagine my life without him. And I think as we're talking through this today, Holly, it's interesting I don't think I was really emotionally connected, definitely not to my first, and I've said that, and definitely not to my third. I think there was some emotional connection in my second marriage, but not not enough um, and not consistently enough. Mm-hmm. I think what I have with Rodney is an emotional mm-hmm. connection that is so deep that requires so much vulnerability on both of our parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really scary, but when you can find someone that you trust that much, that you can be that vulnerable, that you can tell all your deep, dark secrets, secrets to knowing that you won't be judged and knowing that they're not going to try to change you. That's, that's the good stuff. Right. It is because you're authentic and you feel safe. You feel safe with him. And I, I love that you that you let him do what he wants to do. Wear the hats, make your necklaces. Yeah. You just do you, and I'm gonna love you anyway. You just know, as you are, just as yeah. you are. You know, um, it doesn't matter. Yep. And I, what sounds different about him too is I didn't hear you say I was checking boxes. There wasn't. Well, he does this check, and he's right. lived here check. There, there wasn't. That was not your criteria. Nope. It wasn't this time around. It was authenticity and safety. Yep. yep. Emotional safety. Yep. Yeah. But I think he's my, you know, Holly, he's my biggest fan too. I mean, he, he, I started my business three years ago and um, we funded the business partially with our 401k money. And for someone to do that and to have that kind of faith and belief in you, and he Mm -hmm. doesn't work in my business Mm -hmm. other than he listens to me talk about it all the time. Right. So (laughs) he's not a paid employee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but for someone to take a leap like that and to have that kind of belief in yeah. you is is amazing. For I, I've just never experienced anything like it. Um, and I want to do everything with him. Yeah. I, everything. Like just hanging out in the pool on a Friday afternoon and drinking a, a beer or a glass of wine and just talking to him. I mean, I, I'm just in my total happy place. And I think it's amazing yeah. that, that you got here with him because that's such, that's such a, a such a special place to be in. Yeah, you know, you want to be with them all the time, and you genuinely enjoy his company. Yep. I think I told you this last week. I heard someone say the way you should look at your partner is how you look at your food when you're at a restaurant, and you can <laughs> see it coming to the table, and you're yep. so happy. That's how you should see your spouse or your partner. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Like, and that's how I see him. I mean, he's just he's just one thousand percent my person, and I'm so grateful for all the experiences 
all the marriages, all the divorces, all the people. Um, I have two amazing children. Now I have four amazing bonus children, all boys. Um, and I'm just living my best life. And uh, it's awesome. But I think in order, if I had settled for less, if I had just said, you know what, I- I'm just going to stick it out, you know, and make it work. Yeah. I would have never gotten here. And the people that I let go, all the past husbands, I I think went on to live their best life too, right? So they found their people. And well, I don't know about my restaurant manager guy. I don't know if he found his person. I think he probably is happier. He was his person. Right? He was his person. (laughs) Absolutely right. He was his person. And he was married to his bicycle and himself. So it was fine. Right. Oh yeah, he has his bikes. He's probably got a bunch of beautiful bikes. So that's all good. <laughs> but what you're saying is by leaving those relationships, it also allowed the other person happiness. Yes. You know, you could see past that. And you're like, all right, yes. this this stage of my life has been lived. I'm letting it go. So we can both move on and prosper. And be yeah. happy. Yes. Right. Yep. Exactly. And then you found Rodney, you know? Yep. So Suzette, what advice do you have? for other people? Um, you know, when I talk, it's interesting. I, I did a, a presentation yesterday and there was a woman in the room who just got divorced after having been in a 28 year marriage. And I, so I told her about my experience and I said, I've actually I'm on my fourth marriage, my last one, but I've been married and divorced three times. And she looked at me and she said, how are you still alive? Like, how did you survive all of that? Um, Which is an interesting perspective. And my guess is she's gone through a really hard divorce and having been home with her kids for, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, 20 years and just coming back into the workforce. I mean, all that's just really difficult. So um, my advice would be, to her or to anybody? To anybody who's dating when they're looking for their partner. Yeah. You know, first of all, know who you are and be totally comfortable with that. Because if you're not in that place, there's no way that you can be ready to be someone's person. So that's my advice. Number one is know who you are, be comfortable with that, own that. Right. Right. And expect the best. Uh, Don't settle for less than what we all deserve, which is happiness. Right. Right. Yep. Because if, because the boxes don't equal happiness, checking boxes. No. And I'm going to address that. I love my mother. She's almost 80 years old. But when my first marriage was having issues, she would say, but he does this check. Yes. He does this check, but we yep. didn't have the connection. Yep. Connect. It wasn't in there. It wasn't. Right. So I just want to acknowledge right. what you're saying. Yeah. And I no, you're, you're absolutely right, but he doesn't do this, but he doesn't do this. You right. could do that too. I did that. You know, he does this and that's terrible, but uh, he's over here. Like your mom was saying. So right. you can reason yourself into staying. You can totally reason yourself into it. Um, I did it many times for a while until I GTFO'd. So I think the other piece of advice is um, 
be be brave enough to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and don't worry so much about what people think about you. Um, and know what it is you want in a partner. And I'm not talking about kind of car he drives or how much money he makes or where he lives in a particular area. And believe me, I've had friends who have dated men based upon that criteria alone. Yes. Oh, yes. That's and they still really do. sad. They still yeah. do. See it all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you want someone who doesn't think exactly like you, but someone I believe who is like-minded, I do think you have to share in some common beliefs. And that's not really a checkbox, but I think, you know, when you're out there dating, don't spend a lot of time with people that you know you won't end up with. I mean, there is a time and a place for fun and maybe time, you know, time to just kind of regroup. I get that. But when you really start um, thinking about a partner, uh, you don't don't waste time on people that you see the red flags and you just push them aside. Agreed. Agreed. Recognize them and deal with them up front. Yeah. And be comfortable being by yourself. Oh, yeah. Until you get there, right? Until, until that person comes along. And you never know when that's going to happen. No. You and don't. it doesn't always happen in, on our time. No. no. I don't think mine did. Right. But you got there. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah, I know. And let's just say, <laughs> you made me think of J-Lo. Because J-Lo just broke up with Alex yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah. And she's already back with her former boyfriend, Ben Affleck. And I'm like, girl, slow down. Slow. I don't even know you. You're precious. Slow down. Give yourself some space. Just, you know, absolutely right. I was thinking that this morning and I was like, girl, she's take a step back and just give herself some space. But yeah. And that, you know, like we talked about, I did that. And my, and I actually had some girlfriends say, Good Lord, you got another boyfriend? Wow. I mean, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> they were like, can you slow down for a minute? Like, and, and to be honest with you, I wasn't totally comfortable being by myself. And so I had to get comfortable with just being in my skin without a partner and just owning that. And right. I didn't do that for a really long time, man. I, I did what JLo's doing. I did it over and over again um, until I didn't, right? And when you give yourself time to breathe and get to know who you are as a person, get comfortable with that, and you own it, that is so attractive to people. Yes. Yeah, because you have confidence. Yeah. You see that confidence. They love it. Uh Uh-huh. That was the best advice. That was super. Know who you are. Know who you are. Yeah. That was terrific. Um, Suzette, thank you so much for sharing everything that you have today. You're so welcome. Uh, Thanks people, for having me, Holly. Of course. I know people will appreciate hearing this and hearing your story. And mostly I'm happy for the, for you that you have amazing Rodney and you have happiness and fulfillment. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about you, how can they do that? Um, well, they can go to my LinkedIn uh, profile. My maiden name is Hughes. So it's Suzette Hughes Patterson, or they can 
go to my website, uh, which is the star-performancegroup.sandler.com. Um, they can even call me, Holly. Okay. You can give me my cell. Yeah, you're, yeah, you can give, you can say it right here. You can give it to me and they can get in touch with me if they want it. Awesome. Um, yeah, so it's uh, 972-333-1989. 1989. I love it. Yeah. And thank you for your inspiring words because I know there are a lot of people out there who needed to hear this today and know it's okay to move on and know that yep. it's okay to be your authentic self and to know that you deserve it. So, yep. All righty, GTFO listeners, that is a wrap for episode one of season four. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining me today on the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. To connect with me for confidence coaching or speaking engagements, please connect with me at hollykaplan.com or find me on Instagram at gtfo underscore podcast. Thanks. Thanks.